Having graduated from anger management, Jack and Josh decide to stop in and visit their old friend, Dickie Roberts, former child star. This is Truly Happily Madison. Hello. Hello. Hi. Welcome back to another week of Truly Happily Madison, the only podcast that brings you truly happily in Madison format. <laughs> it's because we legally can't say the only podcast devoted to the films of Adam Sandler. It's true. Lee God. Happily Madison. <laughs> oh, Josh. This is very rare, because in the past four weeks... We've had guests. That's true. And this is just a Jack and Josh solo effort. It's a Jane, it's a Jack off special. It's a Jack Josh special. It's almost like we had a husband, but he's run away with <laughs> my adopted son's <laughs> girlfriend. Ex girlfriend. Uh, I was going to say, yeah. Your listeners will understand that if, <laughs> if they've if seen the, the film. If they've seen, God hope they haven't. No, I hope they do. I want listeners. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, it feels like I'm a celebrity parent or a parent to a child star who's gone off to bigger and better things like a crack cocaine addiction. Like Haley Joel Osment. <laughs> unconfirmed, listeners, unconfirmed. Dear listeners, you're probably wondering, what is happening? Well, let me tell you that each week your hosts, Jack Gregson and Josh Pappenheim, discuss the entire filmography of Happy Madison Productions from 1999 to current day. (laughs) I know, it's like I've forgotten how to do this for that third person. Introducing our guest, nobody. Oh wait, (laughs) introducing our guest... Polly Shaw. Oh. Uh, hey, guys. What's up? It's me, the Wizzle. Uh, uh, uh. This is awful. I don't, I don't want this. Who am I? Who are you? I'm Polly Shaw. No, the, the, I know. All right, we'll get Polly Shaw out of the studio now. I say studio. Room. Who are you? Who are Did talking that? No, I don't know. Cal- for God's sake, this has got to be a short episode. <laughs> Who are you? I I am Jack Gregson. There we go. Who are you? <laughs> I'm Josh Pappenheim. And I'm Palisha. Get some cheers, brother. Is he the one in the Goofy movie? Yeah. Oh fuck. So I have seen a Polly Shaw movie. Have you not seen California Man? No, I've not seen California Man, nor have I watched any of the eight copies of Biodome you once got me. <laughs> You've not seen Son-in-Law? No. Oh, mate. It's but look, shit. we're not here to talk about Boy Shaw and his shit movies. Maybe that's a season two. Over Ernie. Season three. Oh. Truly Happily Polly. <laughs> <laughs> what are we here to talk about today? Uh, well, before we do, like, Josh... Because we we've done this is episode ten. Oh shit! Yeah, episode ten. This is this is the big one zero double figures. Yeah, no one thought we could make it. We had our critics, and where are they now? They're in the fucking ground. But I tell you why they're not. They're not reviewing us on iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like this episode ten. Bitter, <laughs> just a bitter energy. 
Look, we're uh, doing all right. We're doing well. We've got our lovely listeners. Let's not look. There you are out there listening to us right now in your ears. Thank you. Yeah, oh. I, I I very much hope you're enjoying yourself. And shout out to all our former guests who have left us alone for this one. <laughs> Not that we didn't offer this episode to people, just nobody seemed uh, to want to talk about Dickie Roberts' former child star. Who the fuck would want to talk about Dickie Roberts' former child star? Well, two people who've spent the past ten weeks talking <laughs> about other pieces of shit. Yeah. Um, but no, like, how do you feel that episode? You know, ten down. Well, nine down. This is the tenth. How yeah. are you feeling about this? How how are you are you happy with the podcast? Are you, is this everything you'd hoped and dreamed it would be? Yeah, I'm doing really well with it. I'm enjoying it a lot. It's all about the journey. It's it's about the friends you make along the way. Again, more stuff from Dickie Roberts. So the the films that we're watching are teaching me a lot. And it's all about the biodome. Holly Shaw isn't in this film. But it feels like he is. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. It's how I felt while watching this. Based on my one interaction with Polly Shaw being the Goofy movie, I can see that he could fit into this film quite well. How are you getting on with the podcast, Jack? I love it. (laughs) I think it's great. It's full of, like, wonderful characters and... And sparkling personalities, yeah. and it's just you know, it's just great chat. It's just great chat, and that's just you. It's just I know, um, but it's <laughs> there's just something about it that really speaks to to me. Maybe it's mm. me speaking to me, mm. uh, but I don't know. It's just, like uh, I feel like years from now, people will look back and they'll say they did it. We really were in a golden age of podcasting. <laughs> I totally agree. They'll look back in the same way that people look at, I don't know, Stonehenge or the... How'd they do that? How'd they do it? Like the pyramids. Yeah, the pyramids, Stonehenge. Atlantis. Atlantis, Easter Island. Biodome. Not... <laughs> Joshua, Joshua Samuel Pappenheim. Hello, that's nearly my name. Do you have an IMDb plot synopsis for Dickie Roberts? former child i do are you gonna do the big one i'm gonna do the big one i think the big ones are better so this is the storyline of dickie roberts former child star once he was on top of the world as a popular child actor on tv now he's hollywood's punchline about everything wrong with people who were famous as children all dickie roberts wants to do is to find that one gig that will restore his honor and everyone's love of him So after learning that Rob Reiner's making an ambitious new movie destined to sweep the Oscars, Dickie's first in line to audition. That's all one sentence. That's a really lovely, lovely constructed sentence. He walks out having learned he certainly looks the part, but can't act yet. Owing to his very unusual childhood, to research the role, Dickie embarks on a bizarre scheme to live with a suburban family to see how the average American child lives, having them put him up as their son. <laughs> These really, just really lovingly long. constructed sentence. Someone, whoever wrote, well, we'll get to who wrote. But it. once his gloves are off. Dickie discovers how great it is to be part of a true family, and whether he gets the part or not, his attempt at method acting will certainly change his life forever. Written by Apprehensive Spaghetti. Thank you, Apprehensive Spaghetti. (laughs) 
I like that they do the once his gloves are off because that's a reference to something that happens in the movie and also is sort of a metaphor. But it's not really works as a metaphor because like the gloves are off means that you're like gonna fight. You're gonna fight someone. Yeah. But um, is he gonna fight, 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 fight for his love? Or fight, fight, fight for his right to party. Either one. Well he's partied enough. That's a plot point of the film, isn't it? I guess. <sighs> so, Josh, shall we do the stats? Yep, stats, stats, stats. They're not really stats, they're <laughs> just facts. Stat facts. <laughs> well, the only difference between a stat and a fact is spelling. Well, isn't it? <laughs> In my opinion. Isn't a stat more figure-based? You've got figures. I do have figures. So... And letters. Yeah, there you so, go. So this is directed by the great Sam Weissman. Mm. Now, you, you, do you know Sam Weissman? Um, no. <laughs> so he directed a film that is oft-referenced on this podcast. Hook. Uh, one of your favourites. <laughs> he directed the piece of... You know what? He might as well have it. He directed D2, The Mighty Ducks, one oh, of your faves. Quack, that is one of my faves. Quack. Quack, quack. Quack. Working with my boy Joshua Jackson. Get that flying V, bitch. He he followed up with... So I think this film is good. I can't really remember. I think people like it. George of the Jungle? Oh, yeah. I used to yeah. like that. Yeah, George, George, George of the Jungle. I mean, it explains why there's a cameo in this movie. And so finally, he di- also directed the remake of The Out of Towners. Oh, shit, I've seen that. Steve Martin and Goldie Hawn. Yeah, that was uh, fine. And, and Rudy Giuliani. Is, is Giuliani in it? Yeah. Giuliani's got a weird career of uh, <laughs> acting, doesn't he? He's in yeah. Anger Management, Out of Towners, that one episode of Mad About You. Yeah. Steve Martin got... Is it Goldie Horn? Um, yes. And and John Cleese. Yeah. Oh, God, that's awful. Cross-dressing <laughs> John Cleese. Yeah. And that, similar to that little Nicky bit. There's some something similar to that little Nicky bit in this film as well. But we'll get to it. Yeah. Uh, this film stars your fave, your boy. <laughs> We're digging him up again, David Spade. His head is so misproportioned. It's funny you say that, Josh. Can you see the poster for this movie where you are? Yes. That's not his head. No, that's not him at all. That's not. Do you know what? When I was a kid and I saw this poster, I thought that was Brad fucking Pitt. Yeah, shit. Does look like Brad fucking Pitt. It doesn't look like David fucking dig up Spade. No, <laughs> it looks like a generic man. Oh dear. I I remember being a kid, seeing this poster, and thinking, "Oh, Brad Pitt's doing like a comedy." Hmm. He's not. He's not. <laughs> he never will. He did. Oh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Yeah, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. That other one. Burn after reading. Which, I don't know if you know this, my friend. On David Spade's IMDb in 2016, he appeared in a film called Mr. and Mrs. Smith Parody. What? <laughs> All right. Because nothing more timely than parody of a hit film of 2005. I was going to say, that's well <laughs> after, isn't it? Jesus yes. Christ. But hey, if you're going to do it, you get David Spade. Okay? <sighs> Who else is going to do it? Stats, stats. Throw me a spade. So it stars David Spade. Mary McCormack mm. from from TV's In Plain Sight. Mm. I made a pr- promo for that once. Mm. Mm. Uh, John Lovitz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Doing John Lovitz. Thank John Lovitz. I love it. <laughs> uh, Craig Bierko. 
from the failed TV American remake pilot of Red Dwarf. Ooh. And as himself, Rob Reiner. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> this came out on the 5th of September, 2003. Yeah. <laughs> oh, did you want... Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Uh, and was made for a budget of $17 million. Wow. Right. And you know, at the domestic box office, it made $22.7 million. Oh, that's good. So, no, no. no. It's a (laughs) real fucking failure. (laughs) They can't have thought this was going to be a slam dunk. It opened at number one. What? (laughs) What? But it opened at number one. So the 5th of September, it's a week after summer, you know? Oh, yeah. So, like, everyone's back at school. They They just wait for the shit to come out here. So this was opening at number one ahead of Jeepers Creepers 2 in its second week. Mm. Pirates of the Caribbean 1 in its ninth week. Whoa, alright. Do you remember when films like had runs? When films made money? No. Oh, man. I mean, they still make money now. It's just there's one film that makes money and it's the same film three times a year. <laughs> uh, if only it was like a Dickie Roberts former child star. <laughs> That'd be good. Freaky Friday in its fifth week. Ooh. And SWAT in its fifth week. Oh, fuck, I love SWAT. Yeah, I've seen the trailer. <laughs> you should see the film. It's like The Recruit, but slightly different. I saw all, I saw all those other films at cinemas. Not, not Dickie Roberts, but I saw Jeepers Creepers 2 at the cinema. Mm. I saw Pirates of the Caribbean. I saw Freaky Friday. Good time. I don't think I saw any of them at the cinema. Bad, bad cinema fan. This film on Rotten Tomatoes got a 23%, which is sort of par for the course for a lot of these Happy Madison movies. Yeah. Anger Management got more, but that's Anger Management. That's a a fucking great film. That's a classy joint. And as I mentioned, this is another 2003 film, so I mentioned last week that the comedies from 2003, you had Bruce Almighty, you had Old School, National Security, and of course Johnny English. Mm. Do you think this one's up to par with those? Yeah. Yeah? <laughs> Come on, Josh, put some energy in this. I'm sorry. I'm just, uh, yeah, no. No, I mean, obviously it's fucking not. This is one of the worst <laughs> pieces of shit I've ever seen. I mean, it's what? not the bottom of my list. It's not bottom, but it's down there. Is it joining another David Spade movie? No, no, it's oh. above something else. Okay. It's above Master of Disguise. All right. Josh, what's your history with Dickie Roberts' former child star? Um, well, oh, I remember... I can still remember the day that I first heard of Dickie Roberts' former child star, and that was last Monday when you told me that we were going to be watching it this week. And I went, oh, okay, what's that? And I kept confusing it with the other one that has a name that's very similar to this. Bucky Larson, born to be a star. Yeah, exactly. I kept thinking, oh, I'm going to watch Bucky Larson. <laughs> you were so excited. <laughs> no. Uh, and I nearly bought it before triple checking the doc because <laughs> listeners we have a spreadsheet because we're cool and seeing oh no it's Bucky Larson a different name a different colon a different world a different world and um, yeah so I'd never heard of it that, <laughs> that that's where I'm at with it how about you so I'd seen the poster obviously yeah <laughs> um, and uh, confused it for Brad Pitt and I think because of that I rented it when it came out on DVD Whoa. back in uh, back in Art Free, mm. and I remember very specifically watching it on a portable DVD player. 
What, on a car journey? <laughs> no, just at home, and I had a portable DVD player, and I was like, I'll watch Dickie Roberts' former child star while sitting on the floor of my parents' room while they were downstairs watching real TV. That's fun. <laughs> I had a little portable DVD player to watch Dickie Roberts' former child star rented from Blockbuster and Isshin. Well, I found a five-star review from... I assume it must be from you <laughs> on Amazon. Please say it's like, works great on portable <laughs> DVD players. <laughs> oh my god, I wish. Uh, this movie was my life when I was a kid. I've been meaning to buy it for a long while and finally did. It was in perfect condition and a great price. This movie was my life. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> this is Can you what... imagine? Like his his theme song to his life is We love being child stars <laughs> on your television. Oh. Never released as a single. Never released as a single. That's really sad. And also having Jonathan Loughran and Peter Dante pop up. For no reason during that end credit song. What do you mean no reason? That's a half star bump, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose it's true. <sighs> um, yeah, okay, so yes, I'd seen Dickie Roberts before. It has had a lasting impact on me. How? In the fact that I do think knucking futs is quite a good phrase. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I did laugh. I didn't laugh, didn't but I like I like I've said it in my life. Well this is knucking like, futs. Like people I will say like, oh that's knucking futs. It's it's quite a good phrase. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite good. Yeah, but it's it's similar I mean, it's one step away from the dickheads with pillows that say Pobody's Nerfect. That's good too. No it isn't it's very Pobody's Nerfect. Or it's like how I call him uh, Donny Jep. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Donny Jep. Clorge Goonie. <sighs> Savid the Paid. <laughs> yeah. These are all good. It's the height of comedy, man. <laughs> I, I love a spoonerism. Yeah. Um, yeah, Knocking Futs is the lasting impact this film has had on uh, me. To clarify, listeners, Knocking Futs was Dickie Roberts. Inside the film, David Spade plays Dickie Roberts, the former child star. And on his show that he was big in as a child, his catchphrase was, This is Knocking Futs. I don't know how like in depth you need to make that for your listeners. He was like, saying, like, in, in the film, David Spade plays. Like, <laughs> we, we get it. Like, he's an actor. <laughs> he's seen in a film. films. Yeah, like, like our, oh, our listeners aren't idiots. I'm going the other way now. I go from <laughs> from last week and the weeks prior where we don't really talk about the plot. Well, no, we started off talking extremely about the plot. Then we stopped talking about the plot and just talked about things. And I'm swinging back the oh, other George, way. You're taking us out of the golden age of podcasting. <laughs> it's too referential. I'm sorry. I just want to make sure that we're appealing to as many people as possible. So we, we haven't mentioned for a while on this show angry animal attacks. <gasps> yes. Um, I had these notes. You had these notes. What, that there were possibly <laughs> two? No, actually, I, I didn't actually notice any. Well, I guess there's possibly one I noticed. But I was going to say that I think angry animal attacks have been swapped out in Happy Madison Productions Ooh. for pointless prologues <laughs> yeah, that's so true <laughs> because every film we watch now has a really boring fucking prologue yeah be it the ancient egypt opening of the hot chick awful uh the 
Dave Busnick character being bullied as a child. Being pants. And this one, we get the E-True Hollywood story yeah. of um, Dickie, Dickie Roberts. Roberts. And it's just like, if you're going to do that, make it funny. Well, I tell you what, I laughed two times in this film. One and a half laughs came from that prologue. And then it was dry for, I would say, another half hour. Then there was a half laugh. And then after that, nothing. For the entire time. So I know you've been inventing new forms of laughter for this show. Uh, I have invented one for me this week. Have you? So instead of a 0.5 laugh, yeah, I had two 0. 0.5, 0.05 laughs. <laughs> right. Okay. Which is just this. Um, oh yeah. You know, like it. So I'm not counting those anymore. I've, no, yeah. I, I count those because otherwise I don't have anything. I guess I have a point <laughs> one laugh after having two point zero five laughs. You're right, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's a, a tenth of a I'd laugh. I'd like to clarify that I've I've changed my position on the not point two five laughs. I realised it was unfair to keep splitting laughs on the hot chick, and therefore have reappraised. And it's gone slightly up. <laughs> it's gone slightly did you, up. Did you rewatch the hot chick? I didn't. I didn't. Did you rewatch? Did you like? You know what? I kind of want to watch it again. I really want to watch the hot chick. No, I don't have enough. To, no, no. I just thought it's not fair to keep to penalise. Like you say, you don't don't have enough time. I literally watched this film about twenty minutes ago. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> I had to really squeeze this one in. <laughs> I had to watch the Polar Express and Happiest Season this week, Josh. It's Christmas, damn it. Why did you have to watch them? For work? No. Well, Polar Express because I keep up with like what Blank Check are watching. Right. Rival podcast. As are all listeners they're keep not up rival. with us. <laughs> yeah, I guess they're, they're, they're not, not in the same category. No, not at all. They're, they're, you know, they're, 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 well, companion. It's, it's sort of they're, they're, like they're our rivals, but we're not their rivals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You never know. Like we're we're like Calendar Man and they're, and they're Batman. Yeah, I got you. And and, and and Batman don't think about Calendar Man much. No, too busy with the Joker. No, but yeah, I squeezed this one in. Yeah, so we have this E True Hollywood story opening mm. with uh, Doris Roberts playing Dickie's mum, mm. who apparently was in a deleted scene. Yeah, yeah. So could have had more Doris Roberts. Wait, is Doris Roberts the real name? That's uh, Doris Roberts is the mum from Everybody Loves Raymond, who plays his mum in this. That's funny. Is it? <laughs> no. Is that funny? Did you laugh at that? Is that one of those big laughs you had at the beginning of this movie? No, I just meant that her name is Doris Roberts, and this is called Dickie Roberts. I literally just put that together now that you said. That's it. That's what I thought was funny. <laughs> That's it. It's not. I don't think anything about this film is funny, other than two things in the prologue. One being him saying, "This is knocking fucks," because I was like, "That's quite good." And the second bit was when they went, oh, and he later suffered with compulsive glove wearing. And I just went, all right, that's funny. Oh, I hated that. <laughs> yeah. I hated everything. So, yes, throughout this movie, Dickie <laughs> Roberts wears gloves. And that's, but it's never said why. It's never like, he's, at one point he's like, oh, I've got like, I, I'm a germaphobe or whatever. Yeah. But like, there's no, re- like, there's no explanation. 
you never see like the reason like why he started wearing the no, gloves. No, no, you don't. And then it, the effort to get him to take the gloves off is so fucking minuscule. <laughs> no. like, the character progression in this film. This is the second David Spade movie we've covered, right? Yeah. We've done this and a jadot. Ah ouais. I think this is better than Joe Dirt, but not by much. No, not by much at all. It still has this sort of aimless progression, and it starts off um, with a stripper at Celebrity Boxing. Oh, I guess not a stripper, a ringer. Ringer, yeah. um, uh, At Celebrity Boxing, just saying, you suck to Dickie Roberts out Mm. of nowhere. And it's another (laughs) film, like Joe Dirt, where just everybody immediately hates (laughs) Dickie. And I'm just sort of like, oh, great, well, I've got to watch this movie (laughs) with this arsehole now that everybody fucking hates. I don't like him, there's not going to be any reason to like him. No, exactly. Many things I hated about that scene. As someone who's done a couple of boxing lessons and is therefore a pro. <laughs> I thought you could say someone who, who's like in the boxing world. I'm, <laughs> I'm, this is the first I've heard about your boxing lessons. Done a couple. When? Uh, just before lockdown. I was oh, really shit. getting into it after my two lessons. Is this going to be like your new thing? Like how I'm learning to play the piano. Oh, we can do piano boxing. Piano boxing. <laughs> That could be something. But yeah, right. You're not allowed to dump tackle someone in boxing. That happens. You're not allowed to jump on someone and punch them in boxing. That happens. You're not allowed to punch someone on the ropes in boxing. You're not allowed to jump from the top rope and do like a... What do you a call pile it? Drive? A pile drive? Uh, a uh, What is it? People's elbow? No. Yeah, but a wrestling Can you move. smell a la 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 the rock? Is cooking. Yeah, I mean, I don't expect, <laughs> I don't expect much from these films, but I expect a level of accuracy when it comes to yeah, sports. Yeah, but this is celebrity boxing. Yeah, that's Josh. true. I guess there's no rules. You know, there's different rules. There's definitely no rules because they actually added an inch of height to David Spade on his card today. Because I I stopped it and I went, "There's no way he's five foot six. <laughs> Looked it up. He's five foot five. Those cheeky cheekies." But you know what? He doesn't want that getting out there. He doesn't no. want that five foot five getting out there. No, he needs that extra angry inch, like Hedwig. My flatmate saw me watching this movie and mm. she looked at it for a bit. She's not very interested. She reads books. She's <laughs> she reads um, books. Uh, and she looked at him for about five seconds and just went, "He's not a leading man, is he?" No, it's <laughs> very she's perceptive. Not, she's not wrong. oh it's so hard because as i've said before i really love tommy boy but i guess the thing about tommy boy is it's not just david spade it's chris farley no and it's um it's the fat guy in a little coat it's the fat guy oh Oh, i haven't seen it i'd like to see it all right you've got to do it Maybe. From the director of Anger Management. Is it? All right, maybe for Christmas. This is Spade's last leading role until the Netflix era of Happy Madison. Joe Dirt 2, surely. Yeah, well, that's in the Netflix era. Is it? Joe Dirt 2 is like 2015. Oh. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, no, I guess that is the Netflix pitch. Fuck. I mean, uh, in between this and Joe Dirt, he was in one episode of Greg the Bunny. Right. Which was a... Uh, swiftly cancelled fox show playing himself because you know he's a big star at this time star joe dirt big fucking joe dirt star i think this film quite deservedly so torpedoes spade's career because he's 
really fucking bad in it. It's really awful. There's a whole scene where he awful. like makes motorbike noises. Yeah, he does the crazy frog. Brink yeah, it's really horrible to watch him for a lot of this movie. It's yeah. it's one of the more painful movies to watch. Because really, yeah. that's the thing, it's you watch this film and there's certain scenes like that or I can't actually even remember certain... I've just watched it, Josh. I can remember it all. But, you know, there's so many scenes where it cuts to a close-up of David Spade doing, like, a weird face as a reaction shot. And you're like, is this supposed to be the comedy? Is this what he's hinging his performance on? Is the fact that he can gurn? And not even in a fun, endearing way. Like, Jim Carrey built his career on that. But, like, he doesn't... He just doesn't have it. I do wonder once again, is some mm. of this movie lost in translation? <sighs> Maybe. But... Because I don't know about you, outside of Screech, I did not recognize any of the child stars no, in cameo in this movie. Uh, just Corey Feldman. Oh yeah, Corey Feldman Corey looks Feldman, terrible. Yeah. No, he um, looks fine. No. I, like uh, I mean, I, I, I guess if we count Alyssa Milano as a child star, yeah. I recognize her. Um, but Screech with his sort of... Did you think that Screech kind of looked like a scrotum? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't, but now that you've his said it... His face is just sort of like... like All the hair on his face just look like pubes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't have a picture of him up now, but if I look back, no, there's no way I can see his face as anything other than a scrotum now that you've said that. <laughs> like, I guess he's not wrinkly like a scrotum. But no, he's just ball bagging. I mean, I guess I, I wonder if it's tinged by my knowledge of his his past oh, his endeavors. Ball bag. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah. All right. I've got some notes on moments that I wrote. It. Like there's a bit where David Spade is just singing in the car. He's been talking to John Lovitz and he's like, John Lovitz. And he's like, I've got to go. My song's on. And he yeah. sings. He sings along to a song, and that scene goes on for, I would say, 30 seconds? 30 seconds of him I singing? The, what's, is that the song she does the dance to later in the movie? I think so. I was trying, because I literally couldn't remember. This film no. sort of erases itself. I mean, I hated it. It was awful, and you're sitting there thinking, this is what he thinks is a good time for people well, at a, home. I mean, he co-wrote this with Fred Wolf, who also, they did... Them, them who did Joe Dirt. Yeah. Them who did the Dirt. I mean, it makes sense. And they were SNL writers. I mean, it's abysmal. And it also, I hate things like that where it's like, it's a real thing in some Sandler films and also in wider culture, where people will talk about bands and be like, "Oh, they're fucking awesome," and it's all the same sort of like seventies, eighties, like shit. Kind of. Well, it's the film that Guardians of the Galaxy just turned into a script. And just went, oh, look at all this music. It's fucking awesome. And everyone at home goes, yeah, Journey, we're fucking awesome. Ha 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 Journey in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy? No, probably not. Uh, that's Glee. Yeah, all right. Glee loves just Journey. so awful. That's it. Yeah, this film is all about, like, look at all these child stars we've been able to put on the big screen. For the first half hour, and then they're yeah. just sort of gone. Who's Leaf Garrett? You don't know Leaf Garrett, man. I don't know Leaf. No, no Leaf Garrett. You know Leaf. Why Garrett. don't you make it like a tree and Leaf Garrett? Very good. You know Leaf <laughs> Garrett from uh, Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice. <laughs> Is he? <laughs> yeah. Shit. Sure. 
Or God, Leaf Garrett's Wikipedia picture is fucking terrifying. Or, you know, Leaf Garrett from the soundtrack of Joe Dirt. Or Leaf Garrett from Chips. Or... What is? What was he a kid in? Like... No, I don't know. I can't I'm... scroll this much. I don't know. It's not fun to listen to, listeners. It's not fun to listen to. He was in an episode of Wonder Woman. Maybe it's that. Wonder Woman. It must be something else. Oh, it's, uh, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I've never, I, 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 do you actually know who Leaf Garrett is? No! <laughs> Three for the road? Is that it? <laughs> is that what he's big in? Of course. I guess one of the guys is on the Brady Bunch. Cause he Three keeps... of them? No, but like in the poker scene. Oh yeah, in the, in the poker he keeps... scene. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not getting to the musical segment of this no. film just yet. I've got to save that. Yeah, fair um, enough. Can I tell you what one of my my laughs was? Well, my my one of my. <laughs> well, first we know that I've got two laughs. Yeah, I've been through well, one and a half already... of them. Yeah. How many did you have? Did you count? I told you. Two point zero five. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. All right. So point um, one altogether. Point one. So what were your laughs? So, point uh, zero five was just. John Lovett saying, "You know the pigeons I feed. They attacked me." That was my second half laugh. That was my final half laugh. I was, I was hoping there'd be more of that. Like, I was hoping this film would constantly have John Lovett <laughs> followed by a pigeon because there's the shot of all the pigeons outside his window. Yeah, I thought it was wonderful. I thought yeah, it was a wonderful, was goofy my... moment. I thought if it's this, I'll be all right. But it wasn't ever again. That was a good laugh, and then my other point zero five laugh was um, it's not even really a laugh. It was just because it's not it's it's really badly done. But I did like I was happy to see Edie McClurg back um, from Master of Disguise. Oh yeah, um, um, the assistant in Ferris Bueller. Yeah, right. She comes back in this as uh, the neighbor of the family who he yep. moves in with, and. Yep, yep. Um, I laughed at the idea that after a horrible scene where Dickie and the family bathe a dead rat, <laughs> something out of fucking Gummo. Yeah. Um, Don't you fucking, I love Gummo. I know you do, so do I. <laughs> um, but it does feel like a scene where like these two family are just washing this dead rabbit that a dog has sort of found. Yeah, that's because true. Because they know it's the neighbours. They put it back in the neighbours' hutch for them to find this dead rabbit. And I did like that they came home and were just thinking it was a devil rabbit because they'd actually <laughs> buried it a few days before. And I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. It really, like, rushes it. So there's not really enough time for it to land. No. Um, that's my other sort of, like, <sighs> that's kind of it. But it's sort of ruined by the idea of them bathing this dead rabbit. It's such a fucking morbid scene. Well, funny you should say that, Jack. Because I've been looking, I would say I've got a factoid, but I've been looking at the trivia page on IMDb. Um, the rabbit incident is based on an often repeated 20th century urban legend. Oh, cool. So it's a thing that exists, and they just took it in the film, like a great. little horror film. <laughs> it is great. So in case you were wondering, that's where it comes from. It's an urban legend. It did feel really fucking out of nowhere. It did. <laughs> Sorry, I'm swearing a lot on this episode, but it, was, it really Fuck felt you. out of nothing nowhere. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah, this is the X-rated version of the podcast. This is truly happily Madison Knight. No, no. We should from now on instead of the F word we should say knucking, and instead of the S word we should say shiznit. Mm. Or shiz it, as she shiz says it. at one point, shiz- that really yeah. upsets me. But they didn't go back and refilm that. What was your other laugh? Was it her saying shiz it? No, I've told you all my laughs. The one, oh, is that one full laugh was this is knucking futs. <laughs> Point five laugh was when it said like he turned to compulsive glove wearing because I didn't think it would factor into the plot. So at that point I was like, oh, that's quite a funny thing about like, you know, child stars getting weird affectations. And then it became a plot point. And I was like, all right, I'm done with this. And then the third half laugh, totaling two total laughs, is the John, John Lovitz being the pigeons attack me. <laughs> Did you did you not laugh at Rob Reiner doing a Jack Nicholson impression, renaming it? Was it a few good men and a lady with nice tits? <laughs> I mean, I smiled, but it wasn't a laugh. And also, it made me, you know, I gave you a hard time. It made me long for the days of watching Jack Nicholson throw eggs against the <laughs> It made me... It made me reevaluate your impression of Jack Nicholson, and and now I, now I appraise it as all one of the all time greats. I thought you can say it made me reappraise yours as being really shit. <laughs> no, Rob Reiner's was abysmal. Tell you who I did recognise in this movie. Go on, Tom Arnold. Yeah, that was good. When Tom Arnold showed up, I was like, "Fucking hell, is this the biggest star they can get?" Yeah, no, true. Like, who is Tom? I mean, I know his face. Tom Arnold was married to Roseanne. Right. Um, okay. He was in True Lies. He's uh, the cowboy in Austin Powers. Uh, um... You know, in Austin Powers, when it's like, who does number two work for? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yep, going, yep, come yep, on, yep. buddy, we'll get through this together. Yeah, 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 yeah. Austin Powers is good, isn't it? <laughs> I really wish I was watching Austin Powers. <laughs> Oh god! Yeah, that's the biggest person they could find apart from Brendan Fraser, who I love. Yeah, so Brendan Fraser is. Oh uh, yeah, I was thinking, oh, is this the best biggest person they can get? And then it turns out they could get someone. I like the Brendan Fraser line. Yeah, it was all right. I didn't laugh, but I liked it. No, Brent, it's Fra- Fraser, not Fraser. Yeah, um, good. Show. Oh, actually, I do have one other half laugh. Is it? And it is um, when Rob Reiner says to Dickie. Did I see you parking cars at Morton's restaurant? Dickie goes, Me? Yes. <laughs> you did. <laughs> so it was just it was sort of just that delivery of me? Yes. I did smile. It's just sort of like, yeah, that was that's that was alright. That was that was sort of just that was a that was a constructed joke. Yeah, that's a good joke. You know, you set something up. You think, oh, he's going to he's going to deny it because it would cause him shame, and then he goes in the other direction, and you go, oh, that was unexpected. What yeah, a joy! Fine. The yeah. tension and the release. However, it was just shit. <laughs> um... Unlike other parts where tension just kept ramping up, like when Dickie Roberts is with all his other child acting friends playing some poker, they start talking about other other stars who are hot, and they're like, George Clooney, we don't get that. Brad Pitt, we don't get that. I really hated this scene. Yeah, it's awful. And then they get to Vin Diesel, and David Spade goes, Vin Diesel, what's up with him? Is he Chinese or what? <laughs> You're just like, what the fuck are you doing, man? <laughs> like, but then he's like, nah, he's all right. He lent me some money. <laughs> He's a fucking Shylock. Oh, this film. 
It's not very good. <laughs> I w well, let's get into something else that I don't think is very good about it, because we talk about all the child star part of it. Let's get into him moving in with a family. So he moves in with this family. And what is essentially just... It's a rip-off of Billy Madison. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has to repeat all the grades in a very short amount of time. Yeah. But instead of getting his family fortune, it's he can be in a film by Rob Reiner. How fake does a movie sound called Mr. Blake's Backyard? That's not a movie. <laughs> That's not a real title. No film is called Mr. Blake's Backyard. I mean, there was a film called Mr. Megorium's Wonder Emporium. <laughs> that sounds more like a real movie to me. Like, Mr. Blandings Builds His Dream House sounds like more of a Mr. Blake's Backyard. That's not a film. That's I love that Leaf Garrett is like, you auditioning for Mr. Blake's Backyard? It's the film everyone's talking about. No one's talking about this fucking shitty movie. They don't tell you what the plot of this movie is. Maybe it's a working title. <laughs> it just sounds like a fucking fable. Oh, this guy, this man wants to build a giant house, but then he finds heaven in his backyard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Give no, me Green Book any day. <laughs> it just sounds shit. But also, I find it very sad that they got Rob Reiner in and they gave him an awful film <laughs> in the in the fiction. They gave him, like, a terrible fucking film. I will say, the funny thing about this is that nowadays, that's probably, like, a film that Rob Reiner could make <laughs> because I don't know yeah. if you, you're up to date on what Rob Reiner does these days. Um, no. There's, yeah, well, there's a reason, because nobody fucking watches his movies anymore. What's Rob... the last few things he made? Well, I will tell you, Josh. I know you love North. I do love North, yes. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go back through... He didn't make North, did he? Yeah, he directed North. What?! <laughs> um, I'm right. gonna go back through Rob Reiner's career from, like, last film he directed in 2017 and I want you to tell me to stop when you recognise one of these titles. Alright. So, Shock and Awe in 2017. Nope. LBJ in 2016. Is that a Lyndon Baines Johnson film? Yes, it is. Well, no, I haven't heard of it, but Christ. I believe it stars Woody Harlson. I don't think his name's Baines anyway. <laughs> Lyndon B. Johnson. Yeah, Lyndon B. Johnson. Yeah. Baines. <laughs> Lorraine Baines McFly yeah, is maybe what you're thinking about. <laughs> um, being Charlie? <laughs> What's that about? Being Charlie? What, Charlie Chaplin? Or like... A would-be governor's addicted son goes down the long, rough road of rehab, fighting against recovery every inch of the way. Oh, that sounds really fucking dull. <laughs> Alright, cool. Yep, keep going. Mr. Blake's Backyard? <laughs> no. no. Um, actually, it's a movie called And So It Goes. <laughs> Alright. What's that about? And So It Goes. Um, stars Michael Douglas and Diane Keaton. Yep. A self-absorbed realtor enlists the help of his neighbour when he's suddenly left in charge of the granddaughter he never knew existed until his estranged son drops her off at his home. One sentence, people. Fuck off. That's uh, that's a Rob Reiner. Yeah. That's what he did in 2014. The Magic of Belle Isle. <laughs> <laughs> no. That sounds Morgan Freeman. Oh, cool. All right. Flipped. No. Do you know Flipped? Is that a burger film? No, it's... Uh, I think the biggest name in this is uh, John Mahoney. Mm. Two eighth graders start to have feelings for each other despite being total opposites. 
fuck, man. All right, yeah, keep going. Set in 1957. I've got to recognize one soon. Uh, I think the next one is like the last film he did that had any sort of impact. The Bucket List. Oh yeah, the bucket list. Yeah, and before that, he has before that he has more movies. I don't think anyone's ever heard of. Do you know Rumor Has It? Oh, I do. Rumor Has It is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. I haven't seen it. Who's in it? Jennifer Aniston yes. and Kevin Costner. Yep, yep, yep. yep and it's yep. based. Jennifer Aniston finds out that the Graduate is based on her family. <laughs> <laughs> That's the plot of that movie. Oh my god, awful! All right. Have you seen, have you seen Alex and Emma? Nope. It's Luke Wilson and uh, Kate Hudson. Do you remember when they tried to make Luke Wilson a star? It's actually 2003 is probably when they tried to make him a star. I like Luke Wilson, though. Um, he's no David Spade. <laughs> the Story of Us. I've heard about that. Isn't that terrible? Yeah, I think it's supposed to be terrible. Yeah. Yeah. When's his last good film? His last good film? Mm. The Story of Us. North. <laughs> North. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's true uh, his last good film is probably The American President which is 1995 North is like the film that ruins his perfect run because <laughs> he, he has he has This is Spinal Tap yeah. The Sure Thing yeah. Stand By Me yeah. The Princess Bride yeah. When Harry Met Sally yeah. Misery yeah. A Few Good Men yeah. North <laughs> <laughs> the best one <laughs> and then The American President oh uh, okay if you switch The American President and North's release dates you're probably doing all right. Yeah, true. <laughs> oh, all right. Rob Ryder could very possibly direct Mr. Blake's Backyard. He could, and he, it's very possible that Rob Ryder could only get a former child star to appear in this movie. He ain't getting Sean Penn. <laughs> Did you think Sean Penn was going to show up in this movie? Absolutely not. They make so many references to him. I was like waiting for Sean Penn to make a little cameo. There's no way he'd show up. But yeah, I, I was like. <laughs> No, I don't have any... I don't know why I'm starting a sentence. No, I never thought that he would ever show up in this film whatsoever. I just thought they looked... I mean, this script is so full of, like, weird... This script or Mr. Blake's Backyard? Um, I need you to the Dickie Roberts, delineate. The Dickie okay. Roberts meta script is full of, like... They looked around at the, at the star power of 2003 and went, who's the biggest actor we could think of? Sean Penn. Yeah! I am Sam, Sean Penn. Uh, like awful. They looked at they looked at the wealth of board games and toys that could be Candyland. Candyland. Well, you know, you know, they they looked at the wealth of board games and toys, but um, the, one of the ones they picked got them into trouble. Oh, I did see that. Yeah. So they were. Oh no! Wait, let's redo it. No, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> What I mean, Billy, <laughs> yeah, is that uh, Paramount Pictures was sued. Whoa, um, for trade. So this film that made twenty six million dollars <laughs> on its seventeen million dollar budget yeah. got sued <laughs> and probably lost them all the. Well, I actually know they 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 were sued, but they, they, the lawsuit was dismissed. Yeah, fair um, enough. What who sued? What did they sue them for? The, the company Whammo. You know Whammo. I'm a big course. fan of Whammo. Whammo, who created the slip and slide, mm. sued this movie for using the slip and slide in a way that might encourage others to use it in an unsafe manner. Oh shit! Oh, because he does it without lubing it. No, he well he does it without lubing it, and then he like doesn't he pour lube on it? Yeah, <laughs> and then and, like and slides into a fucking fence. Yeah, good stuff, man. 
I am really swearing. It's because, right, I was thinking about this. I was like, how are we going to be able to talk about this film for any length of time? Because it's just such a Darth. No, Darth is the wrong word, isn't it? I don't know. R.I.P. <laughs> oh, yeah, shit. <laughs> um, it's just such a vacuum of fun, talent, artistry anything it doesn't even it doesn't even fucking deliver on the promise on the it doesn't even deliver on the premise of the promise no the promise of the premise the the pip and the pop of the pip it it makes you lose ability to speak yes (laughs) it really does like it's uh, like you so listeners he moves in with this family and you kind of expect it's going to be that kind of like Mrs. Doubtfire thing, where it's like he moves in, he he teaches the kids some stuff, but he learns some stuff along the way. I don't think you ever expected to be Mrs. Doubtfire-ish. No, but like because, that's what the because, premise is. No, it's not though, because Dickie is so not a per- like. Well, he is described yeah. as not a person in this movie. No, I know, and he is. Unfortunately, that isn't quite an apt description. He doesn't seem to be. <laughs> He doesn't seem to function in any form of reality. I understand, like, child stars have problems. I don't think this is a sort of... It's actually quite a shame that so many child stars signed up to do this movie because I don't think it accurately represents their struggle in any way, shape, or form. No. And and, uh, I I guess they all sign up to it because nobody's paying them to do anything else. That's the sad thing. It's like exploitation, (laughs) in a way. Because, yeah, I was thinking, like, he's not even... David Spade isn't even a former child star. He, he obviously doesn't, like you said, he obviously yeah. doesn't understand what it's like to be a former child star. So, like, if this was a good film, it would have been the way that I said it, where, you know, he's reliving his past trauma, but in a funny way, I guess, if you want to make it a comedy. And he's applying things that he learnt when he was a child to the problems that the kids are having at school and at home. And for the wife, which he's kind of doing, but like you said, they're just in an insane, unhinged way. <laughs> That have nothing to do with reality. Well, yeah, I feel like it would have been better if he tried to live out like his sitcom childhood would. Like, yeah. like, you know, he grew up on this sitcom. You'd think that he would have all this sort of sitcom mentality, yeah, maybe. Like a thing that does this better is BoJack Horseman. The thing that does this better is Shit's Creek. Yeah, yeah, true. Shit's Creek is like you know people who fall from grace and have to live with. People they don't really care for. I, I just finished watching Shit's Creek last oh, night. Oh yeah, so nice. I'm, I'm on a high. But <laughs> no, Bojack is actually yes, it's a good, it's a good example. Well, well, the only reason I say Mrs. Doubtfire is because that's it's what you good. want from this kind. Well, it's good, and that's what it's you want. It's better than Hook. Yeah, probably is. No, it's not. But you, that's what you want from this film is you want it to be a kind of like a funny bonding experience where they learn from each other and they both come out stronger. Whereas this is just like the kids learn nothing. Um, and Dickie Roberts comes out at the end being like, oh, I guess I want to fall in love. And that's it. Well, that's what happens in Mr. Blake's... I keep wanting to call it <laughs> Mr. Know. Blake's I mean, dream that, house. That was the worst thing as well, is is the moment she reads what Mrs. Blake's backyard emporium is about, and you're like, oh, that's the plot of this film, isn't it? Good stuff. Well, no, the worst bit is when he's explaining it to two flight attendants. Also, my flatmate watching it at this point was just like, <laughs> oh, she really didn't like the way these flight attendants were acting. And she's like, do you want some coffee, tea, or me? 
She was like, did they actually just say that? Yeah, less or more insane than the flight attendant last week. <laughs> I mean, I much prefer the flight attendant last yeah, week. Yeah, it makes sense. Because um, that's the thing, even if he's a big star, he's still David Spade. But also, he's not a big star. He's made. He's going to make a movie. Yeah, you know, the biggest movie. It's done by Rob Reiner. It's guaranteed, <laughs> Director of North! It's, it's guaranteed to win an Oscar. Um... Can we talk about the family? Yeah, I suppose we should. I hate to be this kind of person. Mm. They're fucking awful. <laughs> yeah. I hated this cast of this family. Mary McCormack playing the mother, Grace. Yeah. Delivers all her lines. Like, I don't think she was ever on set with David Spade. She seems <laughs> to deliver all her lines to like off like something off camera. He yeah. never seems to share the frame. Like, and she delivers them in such a way that, like, nobody talks to people like that. Which I guess is a instance because Dickie isn't a real person. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, the, the kids don't act like kids. No. The kids are really strange. And so many times this film tried to save itself by cutting to a reaction from the little girl. Yeah, no, I know. I know. They obviously <laughs> went, all right, she has a good expressive face. Let's just use that as much as possible. Here we go. Did you did you see in the trivia that um her her brick wall waterfall routine was um something she was just doing on set between takes. And they just and went they were fuck like, it, we'll oh, put it that's in. good. We'll put it in the movie. And so we have like a five minute scene <laughs> where she does like a little kid dance. And we're like, oh, oh. Right. Yeah, that's we weird. have her teaching it to actors later. It's not the weirdest child dance scene in this film. No. Do you want to talk about I didn't really want to even talk about that. I mean, I didn't want to talk about it, but I feel like we've got a natural segue. There is a scene towards the end that for some reason, I think the child, the little girl child is wanting to... The little to, girl child. The little girl child is wanting to audition. Her name's Sally. Sam's Sally. the boy, so that must make her Sally is yeah. the line I, I wrote down and just <laughs> I hate this line. It's really horrible. Um, but I guess maybe it's an early indication that he doesn't really know his children. <laughs> it's him. He's trying to go too out. Anyway, yeah, there's a... So she wants to enter some sort of talent contest or she wants to be a cheerleader or something. It's not really very well explained. No, she just... She needs to do a dance. Anyway, Dickie Roberts teaches her a dance. and um, But the girl... And it's just like a fun kid dance or whatever. But the dance that happens before it is like... It's her bully... Yeah, her school bully, who is doing... She's doing she's doing Little Miss Sunshine dance. Yes. But without any of the sort of joy. No, there's no joy. <laughs> like, and also, the l- way it's directed yeah. and shot is very... By the director of Duck, uh, Mighty Ducks 2. By the director of Mighty Ducks 2. It's very leery on this prepubescent child so i'm I'm not a father i'm just gonna put that out there Mm. and so i i you know i i i never had sisters so i i know very little about how to raise young women no i felt that both these kids were far too young to be wearing that much makeup yeah i don't know (laughs) I was like, I was just like, oh, they're, they're like really done up for this, and they gave me that little Miss Sunshine vibe of all those creepy kids at the party. Yeah, I know what that. you mean. Yeah, and then like, there's also a scene where like, I just noticed that the girl had like both her ears pierced. I was like, isn't she like nine? Yeah, I don't know at what age <sighs> that happens. Anyway, I, I don't know. It all just um, maybe I'm a prude. 
Maybe you're a prude. Maybe I'm a prude. Maybe I just don't understand how to raise a child in this crazy world. If I ever have children, they're both, they're all getting face tattoos by the time they're four. Maybe it's another comment on how like you shouldn't raise a child. Maybe this film is deeper than we think, like many <laughs> of the films we've covered. Uh, you know, be. because we see that Dickie was raised in the wrong way. Maybe maybe they're raising their kids in the wrong way, giving that boy that horrible haircut. Give <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it frosted tips. We're in then. Did you um did you notice that all the other kids in sort of tribute to Dickie's bad dye job dyed their hair and then had like messy d- hair dye I, going down I their did, head yeah. and just made them all look like they had really horrible birthmarks? Yeah, no, it was good. Well, yeah, they're more extreme birthmarks than the one in Ready Player One. That's true. So that's something. Um, yeah, anyway, to round out that scene, David Spade then calls the child who dances a slut. <laughs> so. Which then the little girl continues to do about someone else later, as she does it about Alyssa Milano yeah, later. Yeah, it's all movie. very good. Yeah, there's there's a lot of slut shaming, there's a lot of fat shaming in this movie. Yeah, man. Like a good 30 second stint against the principal's assistant from Ferris Bueller. Yeah. Um, she says, aren't you a little big for a stroller? And he says, aren't you a little big for the sidewalk? Yeah. There's that bit. There's also the bit where inexplicably... He just yells at kids. Yeah, he yells at children! Yeah. And, and and he's celebrated for doing so. Yeah, but it's not like I could see Adam Sandler doing it and doing his sort of like shouty, you know, his his over-the-top shout, his uh, horseshit voice. I'm so sad! Yeah, 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 so that, that. And that way you're like, oh, it's funny because he's also a child. Or like he's acting like a child. Do you know what I mean? Whilst Dickie Roberts is just an insane He's person. an insane man. And also the way he delivers it is like with real like malice. Yeah. And the kind of delivery that would like haunt you as a child. I will say, I, I didn't like these bullies either. But... No, yeah, but you know. They're bullies, aren't they? It's, uh, the thing about this, the family was they all just felt like they were in a sitcom. Which mm. later on, Dickie then makes his uh, journey in this film into a sitcom. Yeah. Called like Dickie's Gang. <laughs> Show I get on the. Also, I was thinking about knocking farts. That's not getting past compliance in like the seventies. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's not going to be on TV. That's true, man. Um, it's good to think about these things practically. Uh, yeah, but like uh, Dickie's Gang becomes like a hit TV show, and I was like, maybe this plot does work better as a sitcom. Charles Star moves in with a family. Yeah. That's a sitcom premise. It's not a movie. It's not. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. Look, David Spade's great on sitcoms. Look at Just Shoot Me. Look at <laughs> Rules of Engagement. We'll never talk about it, but... <laughs> but imagine them. Oh, I was like, another way to save this film or make it passable. Tell it from the family's perspective, like, all the way through. Do it as a horror movie. Do it as a horror movie. <laughs> that could also work. But, you know, tell it from, like, you know, it's a mom and a dad, they've got two kids, maybe they're in debt a little bit, and they see a, they see the advert, and they're like, oh, how bad could it be? And then the guy's like a nightmare. But then they learn shit from each other. Do you know what another, another film is good? Oh, yeah, go on. Do you ever see Clifford? The Big Red Dog? No, Clifford, the <laughs> Martin Short as a child movie. Oh, fuck off, no. <laughs> you ever see Clifford? <laughs> no, no one's seen Clifford. Mate, you got to watch Clifford. No, is it a Happy Madison <laughs> film? I, I wish. No, oh my not. God, I wish Martin Short was in a Happy Madison film. I wish we had Martin Short to look at. <laughs> but we did not. Got Al Pacino, no, we... though. 
Anyway, what's up with Clifford? He's no Martin Short. Clifford is a movie in which um, Martin Short plays... How old is Martin Short in Clifford? Um, I, don't, I really need to figure this out. 50-something. So he was born in 1950 and the film came out in 19... So he's 44 years old when this movie comes out and he is playing a 10-year-old boy. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, that's quite good so far. <laughs> Who is sent to uh, stay with his uncle Martin played by Charles, Gr- Charles Grodin who is trying to prove to his fiance that he is a, he's a you know a good man so he's going to look after his uh, mm. his nephew but Clifford is just the worst child in the world um if this film was more like Clifford I would have had a lot more fun You've had a better Clif- time Clifford is insane I really want to watch Clifford right now now that I need to wash out the taste of Dickie Roberts former child star mm. oh you'd love Clifford Josh it is fucking nuts it's knocking fucks <laughs> all right it sounds good yeah one fi- well two final things for me because i feel like actually three final things because i feel like we should write we're just oh, i have so i i just want to quickly say uh, i liked the phrase knocking fucks i also quite liked the phrase holy crap on toast <laughs> she says at one point I don't remember that. Yeah. Awful. I think it might be from the point... That, so in my notes, it goes from, like, David Spade doing the original Crazy Frog to, I really hate this film, to, I've stopped making notes what can be said. I Yes, this was a hard one to make notes for. I, a lot of my notes are, like... People, like people in the film, I mostly like the little girl says, "Well, Dicky, you're actually a pretty cool guy." I'm like, "No, he's no, not. He's, he's not. not made any proof. He, he builds like that, like weird treehouse thing. Yeah, that's uh, it's not very. He's and not then he cool. burps. He burps with them. He does a root beer burping contest. That's exciting. He also tries to get them to drink beer for like half a scene. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I can see that. Like that's one of the only bits where it kind of like. Prom- it, it keeps its promise of the premise but, where it's like, oh yeah, child actors do drink from a young it's age. It's like, it's... I don't understand his real... his such disconnect. Like, I know he's a child star, but I don't, like... He, they're like, we're not supposed to drink that. He's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And he has his, like, monologue on nose candy. Yeah, it's good shit, man. <laughs> good shit. Uh, some nice Adam Sandler, or rather Happy Madison, um... Not tenets, maybe tenets. Wait, so wait, is this backwards now? <laughs> Shut up. A girlfriend who's only interested in like money and status, and as soon as the person loses the money or status, they fuck off. That's good. Is it another tenet that it's got zero funny female characters, despite having Rachel Dratch, who can be quite funny? Yeah, no, that's one. <laughs> that's good. Um, a weird homophobic portrayal of a gay guy, played by Ian Gomez. Who? Ian Gomez. Right, Hus- Ian Gomez, I believe, husband to um, Nia Vardalos. Who? Nia Vardalos, writer of of my big fat Greek wedding. Oh fuck! All right. Oh, they're divorced now. Oh, that's sad. Um, but uh, he was on that show, Cougar Town. Oh yeah, no, I know Cougar Town. I've never seen it, but I've heard uh, he of was it. In, he was in my big fat Greek wedding as okay. well. So you know, I, I hit him and Retta from Parks and Rec like cameo in the same sequence. Yeah. Did you notice Retta? I don't like she Parks was... and Rec. You... What? I think it's shit. <laughs> I've been. It's shit. It's shit. What? It's shit. It's not though. It is. Do you like the American Office? Not really. No, not do I. <laughs> um, so, I know they're um, all Michael Shaw, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. 
Do you like The Good Place? No. No, not that one. <laughs> um, did he do Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Yeah. I like Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. Oh, I'm so cool, I'm Josh. I'm it's like, not, hook. I'm so cool. Like, I'm watching <laughs> fucking Adam Sandler films week in, week out. I have no taste whatsoever. They're just not for me. They're just not for me. That's it. I'm not saying this is a value judgment. If you like them, that's good. You've got a wealth of content to watch. I would rather be watching Dickie Roberts, former fucking child star. <laughs> I hope you watch it again before the end of the I'm year. never going to watch it ever again. I'm going to erase it from That's my mind. That's knocking fun. Yeah, it was the bit where he's looking for housemate. He's looking for a family to move into, and he meets a guy played by the guy whose name you just said. Ian Gomez. Ian Gomez. And he's sort of doing... He's doing the classic Happy Madison, in quotation marks, gay guy thing. This was like the little Nicky scene, where he just sort yeah. of takes off his shirt. Takes off his shirt and starts rubbing himself, and is like, yeah. oh, here you go. And then does it later, when he's a doctor. I will say, it's a callback. It's not like... It is a callback, right. You know, like, <laughs> so you're looking for way... Like, so you're like, oh, yeah, that's, like a, that's a joke structure, I recognise, it's good. Yeah. That's alright, <laughs> you know, he came back. I don't really like what he does, but yeah, he came yeah, back, I don't know where, cool. Um, uh, Retta, for those listening, plays um, the the woman the black woman who he is going to be in the family with. Oh my god, yeah, sorry, I fucking forgot about that scene. Yeah, so he goes to, like, one family. Sad Eye Sadie is her character name. Sad Eye, fucking hell. Yeah, when he's looking for this family, he's answering, or he's put an ad out, people have answered, he goes to meet them. The first one is, like, a redneck family, and he's like, nope, and there's nearly an animal there. There's a dog. An angry dog. An angry dog doesn't attack, though, sad. The second family is, like, It's just very racist, isn't it? It's just intensely I, racist. It definitely doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good. He got, and it's a, it's an all-black family, and they're in a neighborhood where everything is run down, and there's police sirens going constantly. I mean, it's supposed to be what South Central, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's all set in LA. Yeah, but like, why? I'm not defending it, Josh. I'm just saying, like, I think that, like, it's, it's this sort of. It's 2003's view. Of yeah, South no, I get. Yeah, it's, we're living in a pre-crash world at this point. <laughs> Racism hasn't been fixed. That's true. Or pre the help as well. Oh, pre the help. Yeah, no. It's, yeah, before yeah. we invented time travel and fixed racism. <laughs> so there's that, uh, and then the third family is like, oh no, the third one is the there's the, is the aggressive guy. gay guy, and then fourth one is like, oh, he's in white suburbia. He's going to be okay. So, Josh, is so the angry dog is possible angry animal yep. attack. Was the other one the pigeons? No. <laughs> Was it the dog who kills the who no. digs up the bunny? No. What's what's your other? It's the hose. The hose is the <laughs> animal. It's the hose. <laughs> the hose. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like like a snake. Conceptual. Yeah, it's a bit do you, like. A do snake. you have a problem like? Differentiating houses. It's and long and it's green, and it wraps around him. That's an animal. In my also, that's not how a hose works. No, it's not. No, that hose was tied into that bed. Also, when that bed pops, how much water comes out of that bed? Too much. Like their whole house. Too much. Is flooded. A comedy amount, I would say, <laughs> but just not funny. It sounds like it's like when they have a monsoon in Jumanji. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh, I wish I'd been watching Jumanji. I wish I was watching Clifford. Oh, yeah. That's a callback, Josh. That's a good call. I like it. It's funny because it's something you mentioned earlier. Um, yeah, uh, I don't have much of... Like, yeah, good for E.D. McClug. Mm. She's getting paid. 
Yeah, fair enough. I've got two more things. One, how dare they use the Peep Show theme song at one point? This uh, this soundtrack is very thirteen-year-old Jack Gregson. Oh my god, yeah, good Charlotte. Yeah. Um, lit. Something else. Lit. Lit. Yeah. What's lit? L I T. No, don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> don't know that at all. You don't know lit. No. You ain't lit. The only one I recognised was... Um, you ain't street, Josh. No, I ain't street. That's a callback again, listeners. But to, uh, what, episode Another two? episode. Uh, yeah, the only one I really recognised was Good Charlotte and the theme song from Peep Show called Flagpole Sitter or something. Flagpole, Flagpole Sitter. Yeah, yes. that'll do. I'm trying to check if it was lit. <laughs> I mean, it was lit. It was Dickie yeah, Robinson's child stuff. Um... um and finally, I thought it was very, very weird that the song at the end... I mean, I get it. He's a former child star. But oh, they had... sorry, sorry. Can't uh, skip over... This is gonna be my greatest day! Done by Bowling for Soup. Oh, yeah, no, that was good. I just want to focus in on... So there's another post credit scene in this film, listeners. And it's just a load of child... We've mentioned it before. It's a load of child actors singing a song about we used to be kids on your TV. And then they... I know he used to be a child actor or a child star. They just do a whole paragraph on like, or a whole stanza. What do you call it? A whole verse. A whole verse. Well, he, on yeah, he, Michael Jackson being weird. Yeah, they do. And um, specifically about him bleaching his skin. I'm just looking at the... Uh, after that, there's another song in the credits um, performed by Leif Garrett called Former Child Star. Oh, for fuck's <laughs> sake, man. Like... There's also a Corey Feldman song on the soundtrack in this as well. I'd like Corey Feldman's music. I mean, I don't. But I like that he's doing it. it makes me happy. I mean, he's, he's not doing it anymore. He was, wasn't he? He's not doing it anymore. Is he not? Oh, I thought he was dead. I no, it's Corey Haim. Corey. I don't know. Corey Haim's dead, man. Corey Feldman's alive. But Haim the band is alive. Yes. But are they <laughs> named after Corey Haim? No. I think their surnames are Haim. Okay. I think. I don't know. I, yeah, they're I all Cor- yeah, you. they're all their surnames I, are Haim. Till now, I thought they were named after Corey. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they are. Maybe they're related. Who knows? We're off track. Uh, wait. Well, let's me get us back on track because uh, also on the soundtrack is a song by uh, "There's Don't Give Up on Us" by David Soul. Oh, David Soul is a, has a weird role in this film, despite him not actually being in the film. I know that's awful. Is it is Starsky and Hutch Paramount? Uh no. Is it? I don't think so. Oh. The film is a co-production between Dimension Films and Warner Brothers. Oh, um, weird. Uh, I think the show was a Columbia production. Oh, because I thought maybe they just had like the picture rights hanging around and <laughs> went, I mean, fuck it. Last, last week you didn't know who David Soul was when I brought him up. No, I know, but that's because he wasn't featured heavily in this film or in last <laughs> um, week's film. I did like the seri- uh, the idea that Dickie at one point did change his name to David Soul's son, but nobody knew who that was, yeah, so he changed no. <laughs> his name to Hutch's son. That was good. Which I laughed at just because I thought, like, well, that just sounds like People think his name is Hutchinson. Hutchinson. <gasps> Josh Hutchinson. It all comes back to Josh. It all Josh. comes back to Josh. Um, were there yeah, any so awards? This, this, wait, wait, no, no. So let's let's talk about the song, Child Stars on the Television. Yeah. Because um, it is a bit of an earworm. 
Have you been thinking about it since you watched the film? I don't remember it. on your television. Buster move. It's shit. It's all shit. Everything is shit. Well, I tell you what's not shit. What? It's the awards this Because it won an award. Did it? Yeah. What? Um, so I, it won an award that I thought might be cursed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. It won an award that I thought might be cursed because uh, Scott Terror, uh, the great Scott Terror, mm-hmm. uh, who plays uh, Sam in this movie. Who's Sam? Won. The kid. <laughs> well, if he's, if it, he's, must be, he's Sam, so she oh, must right. be Sam. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the um, kid, yeah, what about the kid? Uh, he won best performance in a feature film at the at the Young Actor Awards, right? Uh, for supporting young actor, hmm. uh, beating out, and this is shocking that he beat this out. Uh, Thomas Brody Sangster for Love Actually. Wow, <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, he also beat out one of the kids from that 2003 Peter Pan. Well, that was uh, shit. Uh, one of the, uh, I think the young kid from Holes. Oh yeah. Um, one of the children from the Haunted Mansion, and then another kid from Holes. So clearly Holes. They <laughs> <laughs> had too many holes. There were too many holes, and uh, Scott Terror sweeped in because everyone else fell in those holes. Um, That's a point. When I was watching this, I kept thinking about another film that again. Holes. No, Honey Boy. Oh, Honey Boy's like the the greatest version of. I know, this like, movie. yeah. You take this, but like, that's Honey Boy, and I was just like, Honey do you Boy. think Lake Shire sat down and watched Dickie Roberts before he wrote this? Yeah, movie? and went, "Fuck this, man! Let's redo this." I I want to talk about Scott Terror for a second because I feel like it must be a big thing to win one of these Young Audience Awards. Yeah, I guess got a let's Young Artist Award. And he'd been nominated before, and this was his first time winning. So you'd think, like, oh, maybe this is sort of like a cachet to move forward. So after Dick Robs, mm. he is in one episode of a show called Notes from the Underbelly, and it doesn't say what his character name is. That was in 2007. And three years later, in 2010, he plays male student in one episode of The Big C. No. Oh, man. And that's it. That's the rest of his career. Sam. I can't remember I s- his name. <laughs> Sam. Sam, yeah. Scott Terror. Scott Terror. I mean, before before um, Dickie Robs, mm-hmm. uh, he's in, he plays the young Ben Affleck in Daredevil. Oop. And he's in Eight-Legged Freaks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was like, oh, that's... It must be quite. It's it's quite sad to think that he he gave such a performance that he was no. I don't think he's very good in this. No, film. he's terrible. He, but he won, and that's the end of his career. Fuck. What man. a footnote on your career. David Spade just wrecks everything in his sight. Well, I was wondering if anyone who wins this award, then that's why I thought it was cursed. Oh, right, <laughs> I, was like, I, I wonder if anyone wins this award ever goes on to do anything else. But actually, other people have won this award and have done okay. Um. Also nominated in the Young Artist Awards, supporting young actress Jenna Boyd, um, mm. up against the girl from Anger Management from the opening scenes of Anger Management, loses to uh, Ari Davis from The Haunted Mansion. Oh, I remember but, you saying last week. 
but not an actual problem for Jenna Boyd, the who plays Sally in in this, because you think, oh well, she's lost out. She actually won best performance in a feature film for leading young actress in the movie The Missing. Oh. Same year, beating out, be- beating out. <laughs> Have you heard of Jenna Boyd since this movie? Uh, no, only because I looked her up. Because I was like, she looks familiar. And it wasn't who I thought it was, because I thought she was Joey King. And <laughs> Joey King was probably not even born. No, I know. But she's in a show called Atypical, I think. Oh, yeah, that's a Netflix show. show. Um, but, okay, so I'm going to give you the list of people she beat out in this. It was just, I've not seen The Missing. She might be incredible in The Missing. I don't know what it is. It's uh, a Ron Howard directed movie starring Tommy Lee Jones and Kate Blanchett. Yeah, fine. <laughs> it was sort of for Oscar bait, like Ron yeah, Howard yeah. does. Hillbilly Elegy. Um, <laughs> she beats out Dakota Fanning Ooh. for Uptown Girls. Yep. Evan Rachel Wood for 13. Fuck. Rachel Hardwood for Peter Pan. Yeah. Um, this is the big one. Lindsay Lohan for Freaky Friday. Ooh, I mean, well, she's not winning any awards for that, is she? What, Lindsay Lohan? Yeah. I think she could fucking win leading young actress at the Young Artist Award. Yeah, Freaky Friday, she's great in. I suppose, yeah, but surely, I mean, for the prestige, you give it to Evan Rachel Wood. No, for the prestige, you give it to Jenna Boyd. <laughs> in the missing. And apologise to her for not giving it to her for Dickie Roberts, <laughs> former child star. True. One thing I really hope it got an award for, or at least a nomination, is stunts. No. Didn't. This is it. It's, I've done all the awards now. It was only nominated at the Young Artist Awards. Christ. Because there's a scene, listeners, if you haven't seen this, there's a scene where Dickie Roberts is learning how to ride a bike, and the whole scene is just a stuntman on this little BMX throwing himself over cars, into the road, into trucks just fucking wiping out for three minutes and you're telling me that didn't get nominated it didn't that's so um, horrible I, I really hated that scene yeah as again my flatmate was saw this at this point and she was just like is this a film where just this guy falls down <laughs> man I wish and it, it was I'm looking at the cu- the current <laughs> young artist awards from last year yeah <laughs> It's so strange. They did, like, an icon award. Right. So you'd think, like, it would go to someone who was, like, a young artist when they were young. Kelsey Grammer. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, child actor. Frasier. Went to Legend Awards to Brooke Shields. I guess she was young when she did the Blue Lagoon. Lifetime Achievement Award, Patrick Stewart. What the fuck? Like, what is this award? <laughs> <laughs> oh, if you're under fifty, you're young. <laughs> I don't think Patrick Stewart is. No, under I mean, 50. I know he's I not now. No, I mean, won. but they started when they were under fifty, just for Patrick Stewart. It's weird looking at the awards from last year because there was only one person nominated for best performance in the leading role feature film youth artist. Did they win? Yeah. Oh, it was Christian Convery for playing with fire. Oh, none of the Shazam kids were nominated. It's really sad. Um, um, would you watch this film again? No, never. <laughs> this is the second time I've watched it. 
and I <laughs> I hated it. I really, it, it kind of yeah. Just but I've had quite a nice day. I I've just like put my name down to get a new flat. Like mm. I, I was kind of on a high, and this one just really bummed me out. Yeah, I also had a really terrible day yesterday because I was. I just had a really nice day, Josh. And you were like, I also had a really terrible day. <laughs> no, but your day. day was ruined by this film, oh, is what yes. I'm saying. And then, you know, picked up again because we started recording. But yesterday I had really nice plans. I was going to go to Lidl, which I did. They didn't have the Christmas jumper I wanted. The Christmas, the Lidl branded Christmas jumper. It's all I really want if anyone from Lidl is listening. I'm a size L or a size XL. Oh, he really wants for Christmas. It's that little jumper. It's a little jumper. I say I'm a size L. I'm a size double XL, but it will be the largest they have. I did that. They didn't have the jumper, so I was already a bit sad. Then I got home and I was like, oh, okay, it's time for Formula One, which is something that I've gotten into over lockdown because what else do you do other than watch two seasons of Drive to Survive now available on Netflix and get really into F1? And I was like, okay, here we go. Lap one starts off, cool, it's all going well. Turn one, fun, turn two, fun, turn three. A fucking car crashes into the side, bursts into flames. The guy's alive, but Roman Grosjean. I did see you tweet about this. Um, But yeah, that was like really horrible and quite disturbing and incredible that he's alive. And so I was like, all right, that's another thing ruined. Um, Cool. And then I had to fucking watch this film. So it was just a trilogy of disappointment and sadness. And then, oh yeah, and then in the evening, my PlayStation broke. So now I can't play any, I can't play any fucking games. So it was. Yeah, you have to get one of those PS5. Oh yeah, no, I'll just, I'll just go out to the. <laughs> that's the, that's their plan, isn't it? Like you know, oh, your PlayStation Four broke. Well, we don't sell those anymore, Sunny well, no, Jim. So you'll have to buy a PlayStation Five. Yeah, I fucking would if I could find one. Um, would you? Yeah, obviously, in a heartbeat. Oh, My PlayStation's no. broken. I'm not gonna. You don't want to get a PlayStation Five now. No, I don't. Well, well, I do now because my PlayStation Four's broken. Otherwise, nah. I would have left it. But now I really want one. So if anyone knows how to get one that's not too grand, let me know. I mean, I'm using this you'll like have, a personal. You have to comment. be an Xbox boy now. I don't want that. <laughs> I like Japan. No one wants an Xbox. No, no one wants a fucking Xbox. Anyway, so yeah, terrible day yesterday. They just got worse and worse and worse. And I would say Dickie Roberts was the low light. Well, you've seen it. Now. I've seen it, and I never have to see it again. Thank fuck. I think you'll rewatch this one. What for our fiftieth reunion show? When we, when we're how how old am I now? Thirty one. In our eighties. When we're eight. When I'm eighty one, and we get back to doing all of these films again. This film won't exist when we're 80. Like, every copy of it will be burnt. I used to get really teary sometimes when I went to the LFF, and at the beginning of the film, it would have the BFI Film Forever would come up, and I'd be like, oh, that's really nice. I like that, because I think a lot about how environmental change will... Climate change will one day make watching films impossible, because there won't be power or there won't be enough storage. And I think, oh, it's a really nice idea. You know, the hope that film is forever. But now I think about that statement, I think, no, we must destroy it (laughs) so that this film can never be seen again. I like that you just reminded me of my favourite BFI London Film Festival advert, which just used to end with Michael Caine going, 
the Times BFI London Film Festival. On now. <laughs> That's good. The Times BFI London Film Festival. <laughs> Would you mind if I sat there and <laughs> drank some soup? Right, quickly. MVP, LVP, Jack. Um, shit. Uh, my MVP for this movie is Rob Reiner for playing an accurate version of himself <laughs> directing a shitty movie. That's very good. <laughs> I, like, you know, I, he plays himself to a T. Mm. LVP? Um, LVP, Fred Wolf. Well, the co-writer. Yeah, because he seems to be behind a lot of this stuff I don't like. Like, I mean, he did work on Tommy Boy. But I don't know. I didn't like Black Sheep. I didn't like Lil Nicky. didn't like Joe Dirt. didn't like Dickie Roberts. I don't... I, you know, he did direct The House Bunny, which I'm a fan of. Mm. But he's also a writer on Grown Ups, Grown Ups 2. He directs Joe Dirt 2. Well, you haven't seen Grown Ups or Grown Ups 2? I've seen Grown Ups. I think I've seen Grown Ups. Mm. Well, let's reserve judgment, because you might have seen he, them in a pre-awakened state. He also wrote Without a Paddle. Do you remember Without a Paddle? Yeah. Didn't see so, it. He also wrote uh, I Want Candy. Do you remember I Want Candy? Yeah. Didn't see the it. British American Pie. Yeah. Oh. What a I had illustrious a friend who career. always used to tell me he went to a, a, a test screening of I Want Candy. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Did he change what happened to it? I don't think anyone ever saw it, no, did they? No, they didn't. No. Um, 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 oh, my yeah, MVP! Yeah, <laughs> uh, the makers of that toy who sued the film. Whammo! <laughs> Whammo! <laughs> but they they unsuccessfully whammo. sued them. Yeah, I know, but they tried. They tried to. Stop they tried this to take it down. <laughs> oh, do I have a? <sighs> Is your LVP Parks and Rec? Yeah. Yeah, Mike there we go. The, the LVP of this film is Mike Schur. <laughs> and I'm not going to change it from that. My, yeah, my low level, my LVP is just the concept of comedy. <laughs> that's, that's where we go. Interesting going. that once again, Josh does not pick the racist <laughs> to appear in this true. movie. Thus, once again, endorsing them. That's true. For, maybe, for maybe, yeah, I just need to look Nazi at myself friends. and go, yeah. I believe in these things. Cut that out. I don't want to say you have Nazi friends. No, I don't have Nazi friends, no. That, no. I was going to uh, say sadly. Fucking hell, it's late. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm just on autopilot now. Very... Yeah, I, I, guys, oh. you know, I'm going to just come around and say I apologize for this episode. This film did nothing for us, <laughs> no. and therefore we had nothing to talk about. And, in the, in, you know, in a strange, twisted way, we are the LVPs. Well, we are the LVPs. The audience is the least valuable player in this movie. That's true. Um, because they didn't consider the audience, and therefore we weren't really used. That's <laughs> true. I can't believe this movie opened at number one. I know it opened at number one to $6 million, but still. Mm. Yeah, that's terrible, but, man. What have we got next week? It's better than Joe Dirt, isn't it? It is marginally better than Joe Dirt <laughs> and marginally better than Master of Disguise. Yeah, I'd probably say the same. Next week, next week we got a we got a doozy of a show. What? Um, we got a film that people genuinely like. What? 
Yeah. What have we got? We've got 51st Date. Oh, shit. We're, we've got uh, guest uh, Amy Reuter joining us next week to chat all things dating for 51st Dates. Yeah, we do. What's up, Josh? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing um, at all. I, I'm really excited to talk to Amy about this film. I am too. Uh, I have issues with the film, but for the most part, I think it's good. Is it that you don't understand why she has memento disease? No, but I'll talk about <laughs> No, I'm going to talk about it now because I don't think it's going it, to... It, it, I won't remember it for next week. I remember back in the good old days of the IMDb user forums. Oh, yeah. Uh, which I was a frequenter. Mm. Um, oh, you should have been on the Jack Gregson IMDb forum, the page for me. Oh, that was a good one. God, I, uh, I remember on the 51st Dates page, someone put on a post saying that this is just a rip-off of Finding Nemo. <laughs> because <laughs> Oh, because if A, they're... it has a character who has short-term memory loss. Yeah. B, the character Lucy is a four-letter name that ends in a Y, like Dory. Yeah, true, true. Um, her dad is called Marlin, which is also the name of the dad in Finding Nemo. Yeah. Ripoff. Um, I'm just going <laughs> to check the dates, but when did Finding Nemo come out? Uh, Finding Nemo came out before 51st. Did days. it? Yeah. Wow. My idea of time is fucked. Finding Nemo is 2003, 51st dates is 2004. Jesus Christ. All right, fine. But I, always, I just remember reading that and I was thinking like, what insanity is this? <laughs> it's, the, it's the great insanity you find only on the IMDb forums. Also, very quickly... Oh, bring him back. Just because I'm looking at the wiki, didn't know the director of Juice Bigelow, European Gigolo, is called Mike Bigelow. Mike Bigelow. Mike Bigelow, yeah. <laughs> it's very good. Never directed anything else. I don't think he actually exists. No. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go into... I don't think that film was directed by a person. I think <laughs> it, was it was directed by a, machine. by a concept. <laughs> <laughs> the concept was, again, comedy. My future LVP. Uh, oh, right, okay, that was Dickie Roberts, former child star. Josh, um, if people really want to reach out to you, how can they do it? Um, you can find me on Twitter, on Letterboxd, on Instagram, on the IMDb forums, at P-A-P-S-B-Y, at Papsby. Sounds sort of like Gatsby, but apparently not enough for some people. Jack, where can they find you? garbage <laughs> you can find me at jfg in digital 3d sort of like gatsby not, not really <laughs> it's about as much um, like gatsby yeah. you can find me there on twitter letterboxd um i think on the imdb forums i was uh big uh big kaboom mm. big kaboom um, That's good. that was me uh k-a-b-o-o-m big Big kaboom. Sounds like Gatsby. <laughs> Sounds like Gatsby. Uh, Actually, that's uh, how Gatsby ends. Big kaboom. Big kaboom. <laughs> <laughs> I wish this movie ended with a big kaboom. Has a big kaboom of the car exploding early in the film. Um, True. Huh. Right, yeah. If you want to email yes, us. if you want to email us, uh, we're at uh, where you can do that at truehapmad at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at truehapmad. And if you are so inclined to leave us a review, if we, uh, if this, if this podcast is your childhood, as it was, <laughs> as Dickie Roberts was for some, uh, please leave us a review on the iTunes Store, the Spotify app. I think you can do that. Um, I don't know if we're on Amazon Podcasts yet, but sure, leave us a review there already. Yeah, thanks, man. That was very professional. Right.
Thank God we never have to talk about that film again. I mean, it'll come up. Oh, it's, uh, you know, when we get to the bench warmers, when we get to the wrong Missy, you think we ain't going to talk about uh, Dickie, Roberts. Dickie Roberts again? Yeah, true. Ah, ladies and gentlemen, and as always, ah, oh, knuckin' fucks! <laughs> Love you, bye.